Welcome, baseball fans. It's time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you today? Good, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, doing well. Doing well. Um, we'll get to some talk about the pennant race a little bit later on, but um, the issue of fan safety and player safety is uh, at the forefront of uh, a lot of national commentators right now. Um, this issue is forever and ever. It's always you know, in the minds of teams and players about how to make the game safe for those who are playing it and those who are coming to observe it. And just this past weekend here in Atlanta, we tragically uh, had an incident where a fan, his name's Gregory Murray, fell off of the upper deck and landed in the lower level seats and later died of blunt force trauma. Um, so, so uh, of course, when something like this happens, the, the talk of fan safety uh, comes out and um, let's start with with fan safety in regards to sitting and watching the game at every stadium that you go to major league stadium they put on the jumbotron to be alert that balls and bats may enter the stands rapidly um, and so far this year we've had four incidences where a fan has been hospitalized by either a foul ball or a bat um, going into the stands and striking them and causing injury, and they have to go to the hospital. And so let me ask you this question right off. Whose responsibility is it ultimately for being alert and being aware of the perils of sitting in these seats at games? Um, Well, it's everybody's responsibility. Uh, it's the responsibility of one fan to kind of look out for another fan. Uh, I Major League Baseball washes its hands of responsibility saying that we allow uh, this decision of putting up nets and how far the nets go out and everything to the individual ballpark um, or to the individual ball team. And But that's you – know, they could – easily rule on this uh now the ball clubs don't want to put up nets all the way from foul pole to foul pole because they believe they would upset too many uh uh, season ticket holders um that it would take away from the experience and the idea that you are so close to the field there is some truth to that however I have never really seen a net as an obstacle to me when I've uh, been able to sit right behind home and there's a net there that has not distracted my view of the game. And most amateur games that I've seen, by a vast majority, I've either been, if I wasn't on the field, I was uh, behind a net or behind a backstop, um, or a, a, behind a, uh, a, 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 what is it? A chain link fence. Even. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of a backstop. Uh, good point. <laughs> the, uh, I appreciate the day. I mean, it, it's certainly so much more dangerous now than it used to be when the old cookie cutter ballparks, the multi-purpose stadiums were built. There was so much more, foul territory uh one of the things that still haunts oakland today uh and but all of that foul territory you know uh it 
slow the path of the ball. Well, it doesn't slow the path of the ball, but it, the ball didn't get to the stands and the broken bat didn't get to the stands as quickly as it does today, where uh, it's like old Ebbets Field. Now, there are old-timers and purists will argue that there were small ballparks, Wrigley Field, Fenway, uh, the uh, ballparks that didn't have a lot of foul territory back in the day. They're still closer today. But that said, uh, the, the ball is certainly livelier than it has been in many seasons. It is the bats break at a lot more uh, at a lot larger rate than they used to. Uh, the game is faster, uh, and the fan is so much more distracted now than he once was. Uh, the all you got to do is drive down a highway one day, and you're going to see people that are driving, that are texting and whatnot while they're driving right. on the highway, and they're yeah. drifting over lanes lanes. We're trying to invent cars that will drive themselves because we've become so absorbed in uh, our phones that we can't keep our eyes off them even when we're driving. So the, <laughs> the fact that uh, people are absorbed with them on uh, at the ballpark, well, duh, uh, not only that, uh, a a child uh, just doesn't isn't going to have the strength to uh, deflect a ball uh, that's right at them. They talk about the elderly, but when I know at a time at Old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium where they did have the big foul lines, uh, I was watching a game when I was uh, a lot more alert than I am now. I was like <laughs> in my 20s or so, and there was a foul ball hit, and I was talking to somebody, and at the last second, I don't know if I heard something or people got up or whatever, uh, but I saw the ball right close to me. I put up my hand to deflect it, and it broke my finger. Uh the uh, I and I didn't catch that ball, uh, but uh, I, I wasn't paying attention. I mean, and it wasn't a phone. It was just I was talking to somebody, and I was not a child or elderly. You know, it was uh, it could happen to anyone at any time. Uh, and now, and Verlander and some people are right saying that you know what's it going to take somebody's death before they do something. Uh, right. Well, well, let me let me jump in on that on Verlander in particular because I have two uh two quotes, one from Verlander and one from Joe Madden, Cubs manager. Um two weekends ago, we had two incidences, two of the four this year of fans getting injured by a, a ball or bat going into the stands. Um a woman in uh Detroit uh was hit in the head by a foul ball. Um, and had to go to the hospital. Um, she was conscious later that night. And then in Chicago, Braves-Cubs game, had a woman hit in the head by a foul ball and was deemed you know, safe to uh, be released from the hospital later that evening as well. So Joe Madden says that it's a tragic thing, but that fans have to pay attention. And he's quoted as saying they pay a lot of money for those seats. They're right on top of the action. They have to pay attention. So he's putting the onus on the fans. You can never turn your back while the ball is in play, you know, and he's acknowledging the cell phone issue. 
Um, and then on the flip side, Verlander, who's at the Detroit game earlier that weekend, says that baseball has to do more. We have to put up more nets. We have to you know, take the onus upon ourselves as major league players and owners and management to, um, to, to make it safer for the fan. So you're citing that they're both right, or do you feel more towards Madden's side or more towards Verlander's? I'm more toward Verlander because... Uh, Madden is right, and I but I don't and and I don't know that Madden is not doesn't believe that as well. Madden is also I mean, a fan needs to be alert uh, at all times. Uh, but you you're taking a and, and yes, they do pay good money uh, to go there. But if I take my five year old grandson to the game, he's not going to you know it. Yes, I'm going to have to try to protect him uh, and. Uh, but if I'm taking him and my, you know, ten-year-old uh, granddaughter, I don't know that I could protect both of them. You know, at the same with the, you know, as I said, there were there have been times where I didn't protect myself. Uh, you know, and so you know, surely you're more vigilant when you're with your kids. But I, I don't think that's uh, well. Okay, so. I mean, given the current state, and obviously these player safety and or, or these fan safety issues that are coming up right now, a lot of uh, general managers and executives and, and, and teams that have been interviewed about it are saying, well, it's something that we're going to have to address in greater detail in the offseason. Um, so as it stands right now, when you're a paying fan and you go to the game and you see the, um, what is it, the... PSA, the public service uh, message on the board about bats and balls enter the stands rapidly. If you still get struck and it's because you're on your cell phone, and believe me, I am completely annoyed by this phenomena. The thing on, you know, drivers on the road, that's just downright dangerous and, and on a level of insanity. And But at a baseball game, it's just, it, it's annoying most of the time. I've created a small photo essay of of uh, of screen grabs of people on on uh, broadcasts sitting in the premium seats on their cell phones. I even have one where it's right behind Joe Madden at a Cubs game. Um, that being said, if they get hit, don't they know? I mean, isn't the responsibility then greater on the fan? You know, if they they can't cry foul if they got struck in the face by a, a ball and they were buried in their cell phone while the game is going on. Well, as I said, I think they that everybody bears some responsibility, uh, but baseball is not going to discourage the use of uh, electronic devices. The new Brave Stadium is well. I mean, all stadiums now have Wi-Fi and everything else. Right? I mean, you know, it's they they encourage this. Uh, as right as well they should times have changed uh but is it something more than is the measures that the stadium and the teams take is it is it truly well we just got to put up more nets you know that's just that's got to become commonplace and no discussion on it because there is that outcrying of season ticket and premium seating ticket holders who just they don't want the nets in front of them. They think it it does upset their view of the game. And I agree. I I personally have never sat behind a net in some of those really nice seats and gone, oh man, this is terrible. I can't see anything, you know. But 
in it, there's that option and then there's the option of are we going to tell our ushers to be more vigilant you know like they do at <laughs> the hockey games you know in hockey games if you leave to go to the bathroom or get concessions or whatever you literally can't do it while the puck is in play you can't come back while the puck is in play so do the ushers have to make sure that they're more responsible and saying uh the ball's in play you cannot come out of these concourses that'll never happen that will never happen uh a uh too much revenue is made on concessions. End of, you know, the uh, they they could put a dome up for what they get for concessions. You know, they they're not going to do that. Uh, two, <laughs> I mean, uh, the length of an aisle on a baseball field is so much longer than the aisle of a hockey uh, rink that they're there's no comparison in the difficulty of control it would take. Ushers just wouldn't, that's just not going to happen. And you can't tell all of those people drinking all of that beer, you can't go to the bathroom. Uh, Yeah. And the, uh, so it's just not going to happen. Uh, I mean, or that the ushers are going to be responsible for this. Uh, I do think uh, there will probably be some compromise made uh, next year. Um, I think it will happen during the offseason. I don't think they're going to do it ahead of time. But where the Major League Baseball will hopefully uh, greatly encourage uh, ballparks to extend their netting. And the netting will probably be extended... Uh, 15, 20 feet on each side. Uh, I haven't really given it. That's not going to, uh, I think the biggest danger of, uh, on a base in a baseball park for a fan is a broken bat splintering and helicoptering into the field. You can't catch those. Right. And that brings us to the bat side of it in, uh, most of these happened in Boston this year, these notable, uh, bats in the stands incidences just yesterday brian mccann lost his grip and the full bat went into the stands at fenway and it uh hit a woman on the elbow but she stayed in her seat and was tended to at the stadium and, and was able to stay in her seat but in june a woman was struck by a shattered bat and uh, had to go to the hospital and was in critical condition and did not uh was not released for uh until a week later um, so skating on very thin ice. Um, so is the bat a, the greater issue? I'm guessing you're about to say yes. And is that something that, that removes any, any doubt, any question about putting up nets, greater distances, taller length, or I, I think taller uh, height as it were, you could, I, I think the, I don't know that the height, uh, matters as much uh, as the width to begin with because bats are only going to go on a certain plane uh, balls will always get there but they'll they're foul balls that go straight up you know it comes down it's not gonna uh, a little physics gonna, a little science it's not gonna yeah. kill you you know uh, right the uh, and there are other things you could do for if it was just balls you could say other than 
having the ushers be more vigilant. You could say that children of this age cannot sit between these aisles, that they have to sit in other aisles in the ballpark. Uh, That would be a, a measure that I think a lot of teams would not like. It would probably decrease some season ticket sales. Uh, I think it would be a lot less if you extend the netting. Uh, I I, have to agree with that because the uproar over, you're telling me I can't bring my child to a ball game. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, not good. That's the whole, the biggest connection that baseball has. And needs for Uh, that matter. Oh, right, right. Uh, But not that you can't bring them, you just can't bring them between these aisles, you know. The, this is uh, oddly separate but equal. But yeah, we'll, right. we'll just leave that alone. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, I, well, I'm not saying you sit in those aisles and move your kids somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be good. Let's just the, build daycares. You know why they not? They do have them. Uh, that's true. They do. That's not uh, even. Yeah, that's not even being facetious. So and but parents, I. I you know, we've seen it so many times. You know, every other night on ESPN, there's some parent leaning over a wall with their baby in their hands to retrieve or catch a foul ball. Uh, We're getting to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, uh, I mean, and that's part of what I think Madden is telling people, you know, uh, like, you take care of your kids here, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, a net is not going to stop that unless there are nets all around the entire ballpark. Well, we'll get to that, but let's stay with the the bats entering the Bat, stands. Bats are, yeah, bats. You can't even a great athlete uh, prepared, waiting for the bat to get to you, is not necessarily going to be able to stop a bat from hurting him or her. Uh, a ball, you can make a pretty good, you know, effort. Uh, if you're alert and you're ready and everything, you can stop it. Okay, so let's say that you're Commissioner Manfred this off season, and you look at these things. Um, you look at all that we've just talked about, um, but particularly the bat issue. Does that render the argument moot? In that, in, you know, ultimately, do you think that that just that, that that right there would render the argument moot? And it's like we have to do this now. Nets all the way at least to the ends of the dugouts. And to a certain height that, you know, captures as best as we know the probability of where a bat might travel if it flies out of a player's hands or shatters. Yes. Okay. I I, I think so. I mean, and partially the fans are so much closer. That has something to do with it. Yeah. Now, the, I, I will give Major League Baseball uh, some credit. I don't know how many years ago where the the bats were shattering at an unbelievable rate and they made a change in the way and I think these were the maple bats. They were. were I remember Uh, this. uh, It was Barry Bonds, of course. Yeah. Uh, There were, of course. uh, (laughs) No. Greatest villain of all time. Kind of transcends sports even. Really. Uh, But there there were a lot of them. You know, there were seven or eight people on every team using these bats, and they were just breaking all over the place. And those bats are no longer in play. Right, yeah. I mean, they still do make bats out of maple, but the composition of it and how it's... Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now let's go to... And this is, of course, the the hotter fan safety issue right now. This incident on Saturday at Turner Field is the third such incident in the last... Uh, seven years 
of a fan falling to their death. Um, and by the way, I mean, if you're Braves ownership, how perfect is the exodus from Turner Field right now? I mean, they could not ask for a more PR disastrous environment around the stadium that they're vacating. Teams a borderline unwatchable. There's nobody. There was like 7,000 fans there at the game last night. And now we have this. Um, so this fan, Gregory Murray, season ticket holder, he's standing up in section 401, upper deck, and he stands up to vehemently boo Alex Rodriguez, loses his balance, and topples over. He falls 40 feet to the lower, to the lower uh, seating area and, and is uh, escort, or is, uh, of course, rushed to the hospital, but ultimately is pronounced dead upon arrival. Um, two years ago in 2013, a fan fell from the upper deck concourse area into the player's lot. That was deemed a suicide. Um, and then in 2008, an intoxicated fan was trying to slide down the railing on that uh, kind of circuit, well, uh, coiling walk, uh, walkway to go up to the upper deck, slips off, falls, dies, uh, but deemed intoxicated. So what measures have to be taken in these instances? Do we now have to have, make it mandatory to have nets that are covering the, 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 the true safety nets for those who are in the upper deck? No. Uh, but the ownership now uh, has to be more uh, safety conscious than they have been in the past. Uh, we are a more litigious society. Uh, it's for their own good. The stadiums are built now with a lot where seating is higher and steeper and uh, there are times where if you just turn around, you can get dizzy. You're so high up if you're going uh, quickly up the stairs. And uh, now, are nets going to help? No. Uh, but railings need to perhaps be a little bit beyond the uh, minimum requirement. Um, this has been thought about in Texas, and Arlington's trying to uh, do something with that. That right uh, there is the the fourth recent incident and i'll go ahead and just to add it to what we're talking about it was in 2011 that fan he fell from the upper deck and died but he was actually reaching out for a foul ball right so that's what caused um this fan that particular fan in texas to lose their balance um so i mean there are you look at the difference in pittsburgh today and their old ballpark now their old ballpark the seating was graduated as such that you're vision was obstructed by the person in front of you. Uh, the Your new ballparks are steeper, so even children have a better sight line to the field. Uh, so, and this is like a good thing, but because of this, uh, perhaps railings behind uh, the seats or something, and not railings, but safety could be extended a little more. Um, or it could be more of a concern. What if we get those roller coaster uh, lap bars? So no. when you get to your seat, it just kind of comes down, and then you no, that wouldn't be a good idea. No, got to stand up. Oh, that's true. I mean, uh, there are people 
that would pretty much that might put an end to the wave though <laughs> yeah and that might actually be a good thing yeah but uh, that's kidding and putting that aside um you know it, it, it's something that just came out today in the um in the atlanta uh i think it was a uh, channel 11 or whatever it was but that this fan on Saturday may have actually had a medical condition that like a heart attack that happened, which caused him to fall over because he was actually two rows back. He wasn't on the front row, but two rows back from the, uh, the overhang from the balcony, um, stuff like that. You can't control. Um, and people, I mean, when you are climbing a tall stadium, yes, the fan has to be very concerned there. And, uh the in madden is right uh watch after your kids when you're climbing something that high don't let them go running around the top of the uh the stadium uh looking down below there i mean yes you've got to be more conscious but uh that hasn't cha- i mean even though they've changed the construction somewhat of uh seating in large stadiums it that's always been an issue uh a bat splintering and uh, going into the stands, that is, uh, that's a lot more of an issue. True. And, you know, I think that what you're starting to see also, and this is what I believe to be the trend moving forward. I mean, for any other new ballparks that may be built in the coming years, and I think only Tampa Bay and Toronto, maybe, and Oakland, of course, yeah. maybe at the most at need, but you never know. Um you know, all that fancy Wi-Fi is pretty nice, I guess. Um, but the the concept of the nosebleed seems to just be antiquated and going away in general. In Colorado, they cut out a large section of their upper deck seats and created this whole standing room bar atmosphere called the rooftop. And it's been applauded across the board by all the you know, living in social rags in, in Denver, and it's considered the greatest bar in all of Colorado. Of course, it now means that people are just going to the bar, and there just so happens to be a baseball game getting played live, you know. The uh, but news Falcon Stadium is going to have a 100-yard bar. Yep, that's... A 100-yard bar. Yep, and it's going to be called the Mercedes-something stadium, which I just think is horrible, but... Um, yeah, it's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, great. Because um, that's the same name as the Superdome. And I really want to be joined to the hip yeah. of the Saints in any way possible. So, But regardless of that, even in Cleveland, they just did this uh, over the offseason. They renovated a part of the outfield corner seats. And so maybe that's the solution. I mean, just would you be in favor of just never seeing upper decks ever again? And that should all just be standing room only with social gathering areas? No, I like to see some upper deck things. I think they're uh, it just aesthetically it means more to me to see some upper deck. You don't have to have many. Uh, I mean, there can just be like one section if, if necessary. But if you're able to uh, make the revenue by having the amount of seats you need without having an upper deck, then fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that's that is an individual ballpark sort of thing. Yeah, I would uh, very much like to see, and I think that this is a pressing issue about the uh, the gradient of the upper deck seats, the the steep right, well, that, angle. I was talking about it. that earlier. Yeah, I, and yeah. I, I I I just can't agree more because you know 
outside of baseball, you go to new basketball hockey arenas. Uh, I don't go to many football stadiums, so I wouldn't know. But like at, at Phillips Arena, and I I heard this about the the Barclays Center in in Brooklyn, their new arena, that the upper deck is so steep, you literally feel like you're sitting on a a straight up and down wall, mm-hmm. and that if you lean over, just yeah, oh, like you, yes, you could. I yeah, uh, I I I do think that well because I mean, look when. We had this tragedy the other day. Uh, the ball game wasn't even stopped. They didn't slow it down. For us. They didn't have a few minutes of concern and, and whatnot. The game didn't stop for a second. Because the Braves don't care. Major League Baseball doesn't care. They lost a season ticket holder. They're, they're upset about that. You know, a, a <laughs> fateful one. Uh, but... Uh, their concern is making money, period. Amen. And if they can have a few more higher seats and it, it means they increase their revenue by $10,000 a game, then they're going to do it. And you better be careful. Now, uh, you're, you have enough public outcry about it. You have players saying things about it and announcers saying things about it. Then something will get done. It, it's the same. I mean, when... It's always been that way. Uh, you think football is like, you know what? We're having a lot of head injuries. We need to do something about this. No, they did it because there was so much of an outcry about it. Uh, the same thing, it, it's always been the case. Major League Baseball didn't care in the aughts, in the 19 aughts, when there was just rampant fights and knifings and uh, all of this stuff. I mean, they were... and people breaking whiskey bottles over other people's heads at games and there were deaths all the time uh they didn't care as long as they were filling the seats and that's the way it's always going to be the the baseball is a business and their business is making money uh you're absolutely right on all those points i will come to the defense of the game not being stopped on saturday because and i read this interview with the emt that was in charge of you know fan and, and crowd management that it would have caused um, it would have caused obstacles to getting that fan to getting Mr. Murray on a stretcher and out and and I believe this oh, that oh, I, I think that's true it's, that it's it was the a unfortunate thing that they didn't stop the game okay uh, but I don't think. Uh, and well, the that's logic the, at the time was: wait a minute, we've got to make sure that uh, the path doesn't get you know that the obstacles. They weren't considering the obstacles when they didn't stop the game. The umpire could have stopped the game. You know, true, it, somebody died over there. Uh, wait a minute, no. And and the, the that's person, a fair point. The person dropped in the family section. Uh, I mean, it, it was. Uh, all of the players are, are terribly upset about this because their wives and girlfriends and, and kids have seen this thing. Yeah. So so does then, because that particular part of, of this incident, this the issue of stopping the game or not, and I heard the different accounts, the one from Jim Powell, the one from uh, the center fielder uh, on the Yankees, I think Didi Gregorius as well, given that it was the family section as well, adding insult to the injury. Whose responsibility was it to stop the game? It was the umpire. And so do you think that they, I mean, who's telling the umpire not to? Were they just not paying attention? Because I don't know if that falls on the Braves at that point. They have stopped 
games when people have been hit in the stands by balls and bats. When somebody falls out of the stands, <laughs> I mean, a very traumatic sort of thing. It's just that the injuries are becoming almost secondhand. They're happening so often. Uh, the uh, it just, I mean, not all of the umpires couldn't have been hardened to this. Right. I mean, uh, there could have been at least one umpire. It wouldn't necessarily have to be the crew chief who has to make this decision. Maybe he didn't see it, but the other umpire could have thought, hey, wait a minute, we got an issue over here. Uh, you know, they now I can. Is it plausible that they really didn't? They weren't aware? The oh, umpires? It, it, yes, it is plausible. plausible. Okay. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, but. Because that would require, I would think, further discipline if, in fact, an I, umpire saw this I, take place and then did, did nothing about it. The, well, the I mean, say something, that, do something. I, I, I'm just uh, whether it, it could have been that nobody saw anything about it, but the reaction is emblematic of Major League Baseball's reaction to injury. And I'm not putting Major League Baseball to blame for that. I. Uh, Changes in safety in all industry comes when the public has outcry against it. Yeah, the I mean, at one point OSHA. you could you could smoke on airplanes. <laughs> so right there you go. Uh, I mean, the uh, at one point you could have carried armed weapons on airplanes. Uh, the uh, but the I mean, industry and uh, I mean, that that's everywhere when there's an outcry against it. That's when children are going to quit working in factories with giant saws, you know. Uh, right. They, uh, well, let's take that and switch over to, to player safety and in, in, in particular the pitchers. And this is what's been coming up most recently about protecting the pitcher from comebackers to the mound. Um of course, we've we've told the the legend of Ray Chapman many times, but you know, hence batting helmets are mandatory for hitters. Um, and uh, we had to have a third base coach die from a line drive to the head to make it mandatory for uh, the 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 first base and third base coaches to wear helmets. Um, this year, there have been three instances where a pitcher has been a major league pitcher has been struck by a line drive back to the mound. Most recently, uh, on August seventeenth, uh, Brian Mitchell, um, New York Yankees rookie, and he was taken out of the game and had a hairline uh, nose fracture was the the lasting uh, injury uh, recovered, and you know he's I think back on the team. I don't know if he's pitching right now or not, but. Um, so he turned out all right. Um, and then you had Dan Jennings for Miami earlier in the year and Carlos uh, Carrasco with Cleveland. We remember March 2014 in, in spring training, Aroidus Chapman getting hit and having to have major surgery. It was uh, thought for a moment that he might lose sight in his uh, right eye. Um, so the, the, the issue of protecting the pitcher. They've developed a padded hat. Is no one's wearing it except for I think the one guy on on, on the Mets on, right. on the Mets, and he was with San Diego first. Right, yeah. It's not the best fashion statement. He looks like <laughs> no, Super Mario not. Brothers. No, it's not. But should that be required? Um. Well, first, if you're going to require it, it will have to be grandfathered in. Uh, you would end up 
I can't imagine uh, that so many pitchers where everything has to be exactly the same in their delivery and everything would just be so thrown off by having this helmet on their head that you'd have all sorts of pitching injuries. Uh, you, I mean, arms would be injured left and right. Uh, if you were all of a sudden to say, you know, in the next two years, everybody's got to wear, you know, one of these helmets. So it'd have to be grandfathered in. It has always been a danger. The Braves, you know, when the early 90s Braves, Pete Smith, one of their great pitchers, uh, his career was never the same after he was struck in the head. I mean, it's happened forever. Uh, there are, I mean, and, I mean, shoot, it ended the career of Dizzy Dean, you know, early right. on. I mean, this is... Uh, um, it's been going on forever. Uh, and well, I, I want to say one thing, though, that a very a big pet peeve of mine in today's game is that pitchers cannot field. We, there are pitchers are no longer the fielders that they once were. Uh, there people make pitchers make so many errors overthrowing first base, throwing off balance. There isn't a pitcher in the game today that can pick somebody off second base there, that w- with a play on. Uh, they are not, the emphasis is in training for pitchers is, does not have the fielding practice that it once had. Fielding is not uh, as good all around, but the uh, it is for position players who have had other, you know, I mean, shifts and uh, advances and gloves and things have helped them. But the uh, the pitcher pitching fielding is a lot worse. There are pitchers whose motion puts them in a bad position. Uh, their follow through puts them in a bad position to field the ball when it's hit right back at them. Uh, that again has always been the case. Bob Gibson ended up facing the outfield. He did okay, uh, but uh, I think the and, ball would get scared right before it got to his it. face, well, and then just like turn well, around. That is going to hit him in the backside. Uh, but, <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, but there you go. you're not going to say that Bob Gibson wasn't wasn't an athlete. He was a Harlem Globetrotter. Uh, pitcher safety. Uh, you'd have to convince me a lot. Uh, before I would say that they all had to wear helmets. Now, that said, maybe on an amateur status, I could see this perhaps Major League Baseball funding Little League Baseball. I mean, Little League Baseball, one of the, uh, the for kids to wear those like vests that were uh, like safety vests at one point, uh, and everybody realized it wouldn't be a game anymore. Uh, right. The uh, and they do have helmets now that have face guards on them and uh, all of this stuff. Things uh, you could, I think, convince Little League Baseball to uh, start wearing these helmets. And then, if you extended it into more amateur leagues, Major League Baseball could study how much this helps. But we're a long ways away from putting Major League or professional ball players into. Uh, pitching helmets well a couple of things um to add to that first off the helmet itself has been deemed essentially it's not going to cover half of the issue because if you get struck in the face the helmet's not going to do anything like or even the padded hat right so it brings in the face mask um jonathan papelbonham among others have have instantly said no way i'm not going to wear anything on my face that upsets their mechanics that's how they make their money um Obviously. So there's that. There's also the seatbelt paradox. And 
I'm sure you've heard this before. This is what the NFL deals with. You put more and more safety gear and measures. Does it then remove, further remove responsibility in the mind, in the consciousness of the player? And again, seatbelt paradox. Once seatbelts were made mandatory, the number of car accidents shot through the roof because people drive faster, they're more reckless because they're like, well, I got a seatbelt, I'm, I'm going to be okay now. And then before that, people had to really pay attention because this safety net was not in place. So if they make it that pitchers have to wear helmets, would they focus even less on taking care of themselves, on you know, fielding their position? Well, all right, uh, I would hope not. I mean, people are... Uh, pitchers do not learn to field their position so that to protect themselves. They learn to field their position so that they'll get more outs uh, and they will be better pitchers. Uh, and as, you don't think that that's one and the same, though? No, no, I don't. Because if you're getting more outs, you're by nature paying attention to when <laughs> where the ball is going after you throw it. You're no, I'm saying protecting yourself. You're not. Uh, I don't think if if you're going to protect yourself the most as a pitcher, you're going to have a motion like Greg Maddox and finish just a couple of feet from the rubber, squared off, shoulder square, ready to catch the ball <laughs> with your knees bent. Uh, we were definitely spoiled by that. The uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, Bob Gibson couldn't have done that. But, I mean, the, the whole helmet, mask, any of this stuff, it's going to throw off mechanics. You have to start it with somebody before high school ball, before they're, before they're throwing curveballs. They're going to have to grow up doing this. Otherwise, every pitcher will be, have to learn the whole game all over, and that's just not going to happen. Right. Uh, mechanics are so... Papelbon is right, and he's not right very often, but uh, <laughs> he is here, you know, and, and so many other pitchers would do the same. Yeah, but it, and it's kind of the, I guess, final argument, if you will, but or, or counterpoint, when a baseball player is of the caliber to play professional baseball, minors through the majors where they're getting paid to play the game, is the onus ultimately on them to sign the waiver? To say that I understand that by taking this job, you know, it's a business, so obviously it's also a job to the players. Um, I am aware of the fact that I could incur injury and and, and serious injury or, or possibly death by doing this. And thus, baseball can remove itself from having to implement any more safety than there already is. Well, you know, there is... That's a catch-22 because suppose Major League Baseball says, look, we need more offense. We're going to let you – know, go ahead, use metal bats. Use, <laughs> use graphite-induced metal bats. Uh, let the ball come off 30% faster off the bat and go 20% further. Uh, or not 20%, you know, whatever, 5% further. Uh, and look at all the offense this will bring to the game. And it'll put more uh, posteriors in seats and we'll make more money. Uh, that's what the fans want. Well, if you're a third baseman, your life expectancy just, you know, uh, went Got way a lot down. shorter. Yeah. Uh, so, and you didn't agree to that. You didn't start playing baseball uh, when they were – 
allowing dead pole hitters to use metal bats. So, I mean, so no, I mean, I, I don't, uh, that's a catch 22. Yeah. And certainly on the amateur level, you know, that says it all, it's the amateur level. So, you know, I mean, still you could argue it's the same waiver. I agree to let my son play little league baseball. And because of that, you know, there's, there's a, there's a very real possibility that they could incur serious injury or possibly even death in the unlikely event. And what is interesting about, um, just going back to fan safety and the, the more common occurrence, because I, I, I never want to make it sound like there are injuries that are common and the, and IE acceptable, but 40 on average, 40 foul balls enter the stands during a, a, a given game. In the 150 years of Major League Baseball, or professional high-level baseball, there's only been one death uh, of a, uh, uh, incurred by a fan getting struck by a foul ball, and it was in 1970 uh, at Dodger Stadium, which at that time had ample uh, room. So I just found that interesting, to say the least. Um, and you can make the argument that, you know, that, that the responsibility my belief is that the responsibility is always going to be greater to the player and greater to the fan, you know, because this is such a different business. It's not that, you know, fans pay a ticket and then they come to the game and then they work a factory mill or something like that. So, and same thing for the ball players, you know, it's like, this is, this is more, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is more a circumstance of the environment in which they work. You know, it's a nature of the environment. So, well, in 1970, uh, the person at Dodger Stadium that was struck by that baseball, I'm pretty certain was not looking at a cell phone. That's true. That's a very good point. So, so anyway, well, stay alert out there, fans. <laughs> Be sure to pay attention when you're at the game. And why not? It's a great game. You're missing out. You can play Words with Friends and Angry Birds when you're at home in your pajamas. So, Well, Coach, thank you very much, as always, and thank you to all those out there listening to us on the website at runningthebases.com, and you can always find these podcasts available for download on SoundCloud and on iTunes. So for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is Running the Bases. We're coming into home, and we are safe. Coach, have a good night. Good night.